Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle. I'm Paul Dottino. You can catch our program as always on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all of your podcast platforms everywhere, as well as the Giants YouTube channel. Today, we are joined by a very special guest from Our Lads Draft Services. David Syvertson has been with them for about a decade now, and he has done so much work in terms of the college draft prospects that, of course, the NFL drafts each and every spring. Now, this year, the Giants made a huge splash. And, David, we've got to start right away talking about these two number one picks in terms of Neil and Thibodeau who I think most people around the country seem to have an agreement that that's a straight A when you talk about these two guys in the first round. I mean, absolutely. When you're trying to rebuild a, a franchise that's been bottom of the barrel for a couple of years, you have to start in the trenches. And it, the Giants had a couple of weak points on the offensive line. I think the new regime tried to fix that right away with a lot of the offensive line signings that they put together and that they had limited resources this year. And the resources that they did have, putting them in the trenches on both sides of the ball uh, that's the way to start this in the NFL. As much of things have changed and as wide open as the game is now, the play still starts at the point of attack. And that was, that was their route to rebuilding this thing. They did it. They continued that path in the draft. Now let's talk about uh, Thibodeau for just a second because his rare get-off speed, his quickness at the snap, which is his trademark, let's not kid ourselves, in terms of getting after the quarterback – um, for those who don't understand how critical that is to becoming a dominant NFL pass rusher, could you explain that to them? Absolutely. When you are attacking the outside shoulder, and that's where Thibodeau is going to primarily line up, the first thing that's going to put a tackle on his heels, okay, and that's where you want to find a tackle, on his heels, in, in, under, unsure where you're going to be going, you want them to have to protect the outside shoulder first. Once you set that up, that's when you open the door for all the inside rush moves, the secondary rush moves. But if you don't have that outside get off, if you don't pose as a threat to the outside shoulder of a tackle, they don't have to commit that first step to open up their hips. And when you can really get a tackle to further open up their hips to the outside, now you have options to work with. But if you don't have that get off, there's no reason for the tackle to open up those hips. Now the Giants have two guys on both sides that can do it. Now, Thibodeau has played a little bit on the left and on the right. He's played a little bit stand-up. He's played a little bit with his hand down. Where do you suppose he can make the quickest and biggest impact with uh, the Giants during his rookie season? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think once Thibodeau really has a full grasp of the playbook, you'll see him move around like that, right? But you have to kind of ease these guys into the system. And I think initially you have to have him on the outside shoulder, standing up, rushing to the outside of the pass rush. And let Ojulari, if you want to move him around, this is his second year in the league, I think he's the guy you can move around a little bit early on. But once Thibodeau does kind of full grasp of the playbook and he can kind of add, uh, adjust to the play, play speed of the NFL, you'll see exactly exactly what we saw at Oregon because Marndale, he wants to confuse the offense. That's his number one goal. He wants guys to, to line up all over the place. And I think that's what Thibodeau eventually will become once I think, once they take that, that training collar off him, that's what we'll see. Let's talk about Evan Neal for a moment, the Giants' other first-round draft choice. A guy who has played multiple positions throughout his college career comes to the Giants, we believe will be the starting right tackle. Did you believe that he had one position that was significantly better than his others when he was with the Crimson Tide? Good question. I, I think his best spot was right tackle in 2020, right? He played guard. He played as a true freshman starting on the offensive line right away for Nick Saban. That is not common. If you go back and look at his entire coaching career, that is, that's happened less than three times over his entire career. But so I, that's a nice fallback to have him at guard if, it's, if it doesn't work out for him at tackle. But his best tape, was in 2020 at right tackle. And I'll say this about Evan Neal. He played three positions in three years. And that, that could impede his progress at a specific spot. He's going to play right tackle in 2022. He'll play right tackle in 2023. That'll be the first time since high school that he's played the same position in consecutive years. And a lot of the issues that I did see with Neal, and there's not a lot of them, but it just came down to simple, subtle footwork issues. And a lot of that time, that just comes from the fact that he was not able to develop that skill set year after year, practice after practice, because he was playing different positions. You could mm -hmm. say right tackle, left tackle, similar footwork, but it's reverse. And I think a kid this talented, if you can really put him into a spot, you're talking about a big time player on the right side. I remember when Andrew Thomas was drafted and I had talked to his offensive line coach. And the one thing that I had been told then is that he'll have to learn how to use the punch and the strike better because they didn't teach that to Thomas when he was at Georgia. Right. Do you see a hole or something that might be missing in Evans' game that he will have to learn now that he's coming to the NFL? Post-engagement footwork is the biggest thing I would like to see Evan Neal improve on. And I think if the – the Giants coaches right now are looking at his tape from Alabama. The one thing you would see more often than you would like to see it is great initial contact, great initial positioning. But there were times where he would fall off his man and he would seem off balance. And a lot of the time balance issues with someone that is this athletic and Evan Neal is athletic as you're going to find in an offensive lineman. Right. So that's not the shortcoming. The shortcoming is just with full cohesion between hands and feet. When his hands are doing something, the feet need to do something. That's one thing I didn't see, and that's gonna that will take time. I think Giants fans might need to be a little patient with him in year one. I mean, we could remember Andrew Thomas year one, year two. There's a significant difference there, and that's the way it is in the NFL these days, that tackle. Uh, for, for every Tristan Wirfs that you see that goes to Tampa Bay and has a stellar year as a rookie, you'll see five quality linemen that did not perform well. I mean, Tyron Smith, if you remember back to his – Sure. Uh, rookie year with Dallas, he struggled penalties and, and sacks. And now, I mean, turns into a perennial all pro. I think Evan Neal might have a similar track that it's, it might take a little slower than you would want, 
But I'll tell you what, it'll be the best right tackle play the Giants have had since Kareem McKenzie. Don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, and that's saying a lot. Wondell yes, Robinson, the wide receiver, gets selected in the second round. Now, what I've been telling people, he's a scheme-specific kind of receiver. You need to know the chapters in the playbook that you're going to use with him. Otherwise, maybe you wouldn't have valued him that high. I'm curious as to what you saw on the tape at Kentucky that makes you believe he'll be a good fit for something that Kafka and Dable would want to cook up. You know, it, you love the fact that the guys that are running the, uh, the Giants offense right now have been through a similar situation with similar personnel. Right. The term gadget player sometimes seems like an insult now, but with, with the, how wide open the game is and how much the game is about deception and confusing the opposition, the, the gadget player, the, it's not a gimmick. It's a real weapon that an offense needs to have. And the way Kafka, I mean, you could talk about when Tyree Kill came out, Tyler Lockett, Curtis Samuel, Jakeem Grant, Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo, all these guys come out. And I think they exceeded expectations because of the way the offensive minds deployed them. And I see a very similar skill set in Robinson. Yes, he is very small, all time small when you're talking about wingspan, arm length, height, weight. But he is so quick and so sudden. And the fact that he had 195 catches in college, 141 rushing attempts, and 18 returns, there, there isn't anything on the field he cannot do, right? He's not just someone you can only have one chapter, as you said, of the playbook to. He can be involved in every single chapter, but he can line up anywhere. And right, and how, does def- how do defenses put their personnel on the field? They wait to see what offensive personnel is coming on. When you see Robinson come onto the field, you don't know where he's going to line up. Yeah. So, again, it, can, it creates that confusion. And when you talk, if you give this guy a little bit of window of space, just a little bit, you put him in a phone booth, he can make guys miss. And one thing I think Giants fans are going to be very happy to see, he's tough as nails. He, he plays a lot stronger than he looks. And he's not going to go down easily. And I just – I think – I feel very good about his skill set in combination with the minds that are running the Giants offense now. Well, he certainly has some more meat on his bones than people might think. I've seen him already up close and personal during these workouts. And his durability is certainly not to be questioned. I mean, the people at Kentucky, they gave him the ball a lot, and he took a lot of hits, and he kept coming back. Yep, good standing up. And I'll tell you what, he was a running back initially at Nebraska. Nebraska. And, you know, I mean, no matter what program you come from, and he was a legitimate running back. He wasn't someone that occasionally got the ball in the backfield. He's tough, and I think that's a huge part. And he, I mean, 18 bench, I know it doesn't matter that much, but 18 bench press reps at 225 at that weight, I mean, that's something that can raise your eyebrows a little bit. That's what some offensive linemen get these days. All right, now I want to ask you, the, the philosophy that, that I always kind of go in with in the draft is that you got to get immediate production out of your first three rounds of picks. The Giants had, of course, five guys because they wound up with Azudu, the offensive lineman, and Flott, 
uh, the, the corner uh, in round three. It doesn't look like a Zudu. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll win the job out of the gate. I don't know. I think that Lemieux probably has something to say about that. And flat, look, Darnay Holmes isn't going to give up that job very quickly either in the slot. But how did you look at those two guys going in? Did you look at them as guys who might be able to make rotational impact right away? Or are these guys more future picks in your mind? I think they're going to be factors in 2022. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I draw this comparison back to uh, how Tavon Young was used in Baltimore. And Tavon Young, if you remember back, I mean, he was just released this offseason. But he, in 2018, the year that Martindale took over the defensive coordinator position in Baltimore, that offseason is when Baltimore made him, at the time, the highest paid nickel in the NFL. And Tavon Young was a guy that played right away. And he started the second half of his rookie year. And I don't, so I think Martindale is not immune at all to using rookies in really important roles, right? The, I would say the corner position and the nickel corner, they're going to be as important to the Martindale scheme as, as any position on the field because they get left alone on an island. And what I like about Flott, that's similar to Trayvon Young, uh, Tavon Young, is the fact that he can move on ice skates, right? And when you watch him move, it's so fluid and so easy. There's not a lot of missteps. It doesn't take him a long time to change direction. And he's the kind of guy that can play sticky against these small, quick slot receivers. That's why that's been one of the issues with Darnay Holmes, right? He gets a little too grabby with his hands. He's had a hard time staying healthy. I think Flott is going to give him a run for his money. And that's something you should be really kind of keeping a close eye on during training camp because I think Flott is a better cover man and he's just as aggressive as Young was in Baltimore. All right, before I get to the rest of the group in general, I do want to go to Daniel Bellinger for a second, the tight end who comes out of San Diego State in the fourth round. I've seen him now heal already on the practice field. He reminds me an awful lot of Jake Ballard, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Good, good um, comparison. Who knows what the upside is going to be for him? Maybe he'll catch some key passes like Ballard did. But I do know this. It looks like from what I've seen them throwing the ball to him, he has much better hands and can be a bigger part of the receiving game than maybe has been advertised. Hasn't dropped a pass in two years. You know, that, that's something that should be really kind of keep, keep an eye on. And I think this position group overall with Akins and Seals Jones, and these are guys that have never really played over 50% of the snaps in a season, right? They average two catches per game. So you can say Bellinger has a real shot at seeing a lot of playing time for this offense. A, because of the skill set, he does check a lot of boxes, height, weight, speed, hands, routes. But also, what's in front of him, there's really not a piece in front of him at tight end that really says, hey, he, they're head and shoulders above Bellinger. So I will say this, the tight end position is very hard for a rookie to translate uh, from, from college to the NFL. There's just so much to learn, blocking, receiving, running routes. But if you're just going to talk about tools and potential, that's what we're really doing with young players, right? Projecting, Bellinger checks all the boxes. And if he can learn that playbook and prove that he can get movement off the ball as a blocker, I think you're going to see him on the field a lot, especially towards the second half of the year. There seems to be, as far as the rest of the class that the Giants picked, a lot of debate as to who might make the most impact as a rookie. So I'm going to ask you a twofold question. And I know that they're a little thin at safety right now, so Belton would be an obvious choice for a lot of people. But who will not only get the most snaps and make more impact now, which of the guys in that back half of the Giants draft do you think long-term may make the most impact? 
I'll tell you who, who I think is going to be the standout, who's going to get Martindale's attention right away, and it's Darian Beavers from Cincinnati. Really surprised they got him where they did. I was yeah. almost sure he'd be a fourth or fifth round pick. And this happens every year, right? Where you just see guys kind of fall a little lower in the draft when you thought because it's different situations and, and personnel situations across the league, especially day three. Beavers is the personality. He is a true alpha male. When you watch Cincinnati play defense, he's the guy that kind of catches your attention. The kind of guy that is, you know, he'll let someone know that he hit them physically and mentally, you know, and that's kind of like, that's what I always felt like Martindale was. And I'll tell you what, the position that Martindale got the most out of as a defensive coordinator in Baltimore was the inside linebacker spot. That's where he was coaching prior to his promotion at defensive right. coordinator. A lot of that production, they got a lot of production out of late round picks and undrafted free agents. Beavers kind of has that multiple look about him too. He can play the inside. He can also rush the passer from the outside so when you're talking about a defense that's main goal is to confuse the opposing quarterback, you see Beavers on the field. You don't know where he's going to line up. I think that skill set, he's a better athlete than I think people think. I think you're going to see him make quite the impact. And I think down the road, I mean, Belton's going to be a factor, like you said, because of the situation in front of him. Julian Love is more of a hybrid corner safety guy that's going to be out there for pass defense and maybe play a little bit of a, a safety nickel role. Belton kind of plays that, that hybrid linebacker, uh, linebacker safety type role. He's downhill, gets a little stiff in coverage against receivers, but he'll make an impact as a pursuing safety against the run. Kind of like if you remember what Jabril Wilson did when he was a rookie, sure. kind of burst onto the scene as that, that late round pick. I think he was a fifth rounder, uh, Jabril Wilson, where yep. Belton kind of has that similar play style where he, he'll make mistakes, but there'll be aggressive mistakes. And I'll tell you, the undrafted free agent to keep an eye on is Corker from Kentucky. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, already he's had some good practices. All right, let me flip it back to last year for a second here, David. In the time that we have left, we all know what Kadarius Toney was advertised to do, had some injuries. But Ojolari, who immediately came up with eight sacks, and I know they were effort sacks for the most part as, as a rookie, where do you see his upside based on what you saw in college and what you saw last year in 2021? It, it's a question to me, I'll be honest with you, uh, because a lot of the edge players that Martindale had success with in Baltimore, they were bigger. They were 265, 275, and they had Tyrus Bowser, who's, you know, evolved into a solid rotational pass rusher. But, you know, Ojolari, it looks like he's adding some muscle mass. I mean, you might be able to answer that better than I, but I do think that, the upside here is going to be very much dependent on what's around him. I don't think 
think Ojolari is ever going to be like the highlight pass rusher of this group. But if Thibodeau progresses and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence can create some pressure from the inside, he can win off the ball and he can beat one-on-one blockers. And like you said, the effort is always there. And that does mean something. Do I think this new scheme is going to create a whole new opportunity for Ojolari? I don't. But I think that in, in a world of defense where you just need four, five, six guys that can get off the passer, he'll at least be one of those pieces. Let's stay with the defense because I think there are some questions, but there's certainly some potential. Aaron Robinson wants to fight for that cornerback job opposite uh, Dory Jackson. Ellison Smith is a very intriguing player who I don't think we still know enough about. And quite frankly, Rodarius Williams has has also thrown his name into the mix, trying to compete at corner as he comes back from his ACL. Of those three guys, how much of a factor do you think they could be? Opportunity of a lifetime for all three. I think Aaron Robinson and Rodarius Williams, uh, you know, you don't get many opportunities like this on a team that is searching for answers at cornerback. And next year, you know, no matter how Jackson plays this year, he might be another cap casualty of Shane's trying to really clear this cap for the long-term future. If Robinson and Williams could come in and prove, even though they were drafted by a previous regime, every front office wants this, right? Guys on rookie contracts that can exceed those dividends, right? So I think Robinson and Williams have the opportunity of a lifetime. That's going to be a fun battle to watch. And I'll tell you what, Ellerson Smith was one of my favorite picks last year that Gettleman made. And I think that he has that inside-outside versatility that is a perfect fit for the scheme. And unlike Ojolari, he fits the physical profile that right. Martindale likes to use. With great Six, length, seven, too, David. Outstanding length. He has, like, that Jason Taylor-type body. And I think he has – I mean, he, I, I was unfortunate that he was hurt for a lot of last year. Didn't see a lot of playing time. You saw a little bit down the stretch. Uh, but now that he has, like, that year, I said coming out, that he was going to need a year in that NFL strength and conditioning program to really kind of firm up the body a little bit. And I think that that's someone that a lot of people are overlooking right now that we should be really excited about. I agree with you hundred percent on him. Finally from that class is Gary Brightwell. We know the giants brought in Matt Breida uh, to be part of the running back core behind Saquon Barkley. Brightwell primarily special teams last year, again, wasn't able to show anything from scrimmage. How much of a challenge is it going to be for him to hold off maybe somebody else who might be on this roster, like an Antonio Williams, trying to make, the, make his mark as the third back? Yeah, a couple observations there. You know, Breda, Breda and Williams, they have a history with this coaching staff, with Dable, and I think that's always almost an unfair advantage when you have, like, a lot of, when you see coaches change teams, you see that a lot of them try to bring in talent that they've worked with at previous stops, and that might give them a little bit of a bias. Another thing that might go against Brightwell is he was drafted primarily by Joe Judge for special teams, right? That was really, I think, in my opinion, the primary reason why he was drafted, to be a gunner on special teams and see if you can develop him in the backfield behind Saquon Barkley. And, because of that and because of the new bodies they brought in that already have experience with Dable, Brightwell's going to have to show something this summer to really firm up that spot on the roster. Appreciate your time. That is David Syverston from Our Lads Scouting Services. It's been real fun having you on the huddle. Thank you so much. Enjoy the summer. Thank you, sir. Remember, you could always catch the Giants huddle on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your podcast platforms everywhere. We'll see you next time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.